podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to a Voices of Vic podcast with me, Ben Ayton, and I'm joined by Tom Wicks from the Golden Pages. Uh, Tom, how are you doing, mate? I'm good, mate. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's nice, nice to be back on and yeah, sort of mixed reviews of yesterday, but you know, overly I'm not too disappointed and still relatively happy. <laughs> Yeah, well, I think I know we're we're here obviously to discuss what was one-one draw at home to Blackburn Rovers, and I know lots of people saying it's two points drops, and it was two points drop. But I think there's some positives that we can maybe take out of the performance, and maybe returning players as well to jump into that in a bit. But yeah, one-one yesterday. I thought we started the game quite well yesterday, Tom. Um, and it was obviously the, the team news came out before uh, at, at two o'clock as it does normally every every game. But uh, there was lots of optimism, wasn't there, regarding that team sheet? Um, you had Daniel Batman in goal, Mario Gaspar, uh, Ryan Porteous, Wesley Hoot, uh, Hassan Kamara, uh, Mateus Martins, Ismail Kone, Hamza Chowdhury, Ismail Asar, Jao Pedro and Henrik Aruhu. Um, was up top. So looking at that, when you saw that flash up, Tom, that gave you a lot of optimism for the game. Yeah, there's, there's some quality players there. It looked a bit like a sort of 4-4-1-1 to start off with, um, which was, uh, I guess, a, a kind of difference to our usual shape. But yeah, the players that we're bringing back, uh, you know, to see Pedro start and him pick up the uh, the captain's mm. armband as well, which was nice to see. Um, and then, yeah, I mean... The, the fascinating centre-back partnership of, of Porteous and, and Hoyt was uh, was something that I think everyone was had a, had a keen eye on um, to begin with. Um, and I'm, I'm sure we'll discuss that in a, in a bit more detail uh, later on. But yeah, that, I, was, I was very impressed with, with those two in particular. And I had Porteous down as my man of the match for yesterday. Yeah, I thought, well, let's, let's just jump straight into it then. I, I thought, yeah, Ryan Porteous, man of the match for me yesterday. Um, my first opportunity of actually watching him in the flesh, and I, I thought it was fantastic. And he was at, it was everything that Hibernian fans described that he would be, um, and it's exactly the player we've needed at Vicarage Road. And I, I liked it. I think there was a late challenge over on the left hand side in front of the Graham Taylor stand in the first half, and Ryan Porteous was the first one to run over and go into the referee's face um, to try and encourage him to produce a card. And I thought. We haven't had that for ages. I, I, I like that about him. And you could tell the character of him as well. I think there was another uh, um, occasion in the first half where he kind of um, had a bit of um, handbags with um, Blackburn's number 10. And he kicked out a little bit at Porteous. And Porteous just, he, he stayed down. And then he got up and uh, I think it's Dooland, um, number 10. He, he tried to shake um, Porteous's hand. And Porteous just pushed him away. Uh, it was, he, he weren't having any of it. But that's the kind of characters you like, and he's vocal, isn't he, Tom? As well. Um, what What stood out for you yesterday with Ryan Porteous that you liked so much to give him that man of a match? Uh, he was just uh, he was just tenacious, hungry. He won everything in the air. Um, similar to Hoyt as well, who offers something slightly different. He looked quite comfortable on the ball. He looked quite agile. Um, yeah, I mean, he, he's. He, He's a bit of a bastard, really, which which I love, and I think, as you said, is exactly uh, exactly what we, we we need in this in this team. And uh, I mean, I, I hate to harp back to you know back to time that's passed, but imagine if Rob Edwards would have had those had those two at centre back. You know that partnership of players that are clearly comfortable on the ball. Um, 
you know that that Hoyt's range of passing was was superb, and um, Porteous doing the simple stuff well. We've we've not really had that as a centre back partnership for well since I can sort of remember in the last couple of years or so. Um, yeah, that that looks that looks very positive. I know we're only a game in. Um, mm. They would have probably been boosted by their home debuts. Um, but yeah, very very positive to, to take that to take from them and Porteous. Well, um, yeah, he, I think as you said, he, he's just he's a player that that kind of wants to be involved in the gritty stuff a, a bit. You know, as I said, come back to it, a bit of a bastard. Um, and they're, they're horrible players to play against, but that's exactly mm. what we need to be a to go forward as a team. We can't have a team of you know relative lightweights um, or players that are kind of happy just to take the referee's decision. This is a this is a tough league. It's one where you've got a lot of dark arts going on, and we need players that that have that and have that experience as well. So yeah, very impressed with him yesterday. Well, I was looking back into Porteous a little bit, and he was actually linked with a move last year to Millwall, and and he's he screams Millwall written all over him, doesn't he? <laughs> and you can see why they probably tried to sign him as well. Uh, but thankfully, here Burnham was was standing firm and didn't want to really uh, get rid of him, and he's joined Watford a year later. But I think he's going to be fantastic. I think he's a future Watford captain. Uh, I know Joe Pedro had the armband yesterday. Maybe even Porteous was in around the team a bit longer. Maybe he would have been given an armband because he's exactly the leader that you'd need on the pitch um, but then again you need lots of leaders on the pitch and I don't know if you agree with this um, Tom but I thought Wesley Hoot was very vocal and more vocal than I thought he would be um, and maybe that's a potentially another leader that you, you could put into the ranks onto a pitch I like that uh, in the second half Hassan Kamar went down injured or something and he ran over just to pick him back up because Watford were chasing the game at a point and he wanted everyone to speed up and, and then um, Blackburn was making a substitution in the second half. I was walking over. He was the first one running over to the referee saying, come on, hurry them up, speed them up. And you need those kind of players in the team. And I'm looking at the, the additions of Ryan Porteous and Wesley Hoot, and it's definitely a massive upgrade on what we have had in that defence for Watford. I, I know it, we're, I'm jumping maybe the gun a little bit because Hoot's only played once. Porteous has played twice now for Watford. But there's signs there that they're, they're upgrading the football um, in the department, isn't it, um, Tom? And it's been underinvested for so long. And it, it's nice to see that we've got two good additions to come in with Craig Cathcock now, isn't it? And it's healthy competition. Yeah, definitely. Uh, they're, they're great, certainly, on, on yesterday's show. And they, they look good for this level. Um, yeah, Hoy, I think we've we've had very sort of mixed mixed views of him from Southampton fans, but he didn't really give me any reason for concern yesterday. Is uh, technically he was he was excellent. Like he was so comfortable with the ball at his feet. His range of passing was was brilliant. Um, the only criticism you could really have was that he got caught a little bit square for for the goal, um, which we conceded. Would have liked a, a, be, a better uh, body positioning, but. As you said, the things as well that that were were good to see, very positive, were the you know the non tangible things you said there, the, the picking up of players and driving them on, and there's a a real risk with a dressing room that that isn't um, invested in or renewed every now and again that things kind of get stale, and you kind of get that a bit of that sense in the defensive. Um, part of the pitch as you said you know it's not not an area that there's been massive investment in but 
yeah, it was. Um, I really liked his contribution yesterday. Um, and, and they look, considering that the amount of time that they've had together to train, I don't, you know, they've obviously not played together before joining Watford. Uh, they look very comfortable. Uh, although, you know, you have to caveat that with Blackburn didn't really offer too much going forward. So the, the games against Burnley and, and Sheffield United are coming up will probably be more of a test for, for those two if they're the chosen pairing. Yeah, and, and like you say, I was going to mention it as well. They seem to have gelled really quickly together as well, considering they've both only been at the clubs for a couple of weeks. And they've played together like they've played next to each other for years. But it looked like they had that understanding yesterday. And it, it's always good having that right-footed centre-back and left-footed centre-back for the balance of the side. But I was especially impressed with Hoots yesterday with his range of passing, his distribution, how, how comfortable he looked on the ball and how quickly he wanted to move the ball forward as well. We've seen that times where you would maybe pass it between the defenders and go back to Dan Batman. You didn't see that much yesterday because um, Hoot was playing on the left and he did. it wasn't like we had Cathcart over on the left, who's a right-footed player, where we'd have to take a touch and then release the ball. Hoot just, could just hit it out straight away with his left foot and he did it time and time again down that left-hand side to try and find him this man of saw, or he would have hit the diagonal ball across as well. And I thought it just added so much more to the team yesterday. And if anything, it, it sped things up for Watford. It was just unfortunate that we didn't take our chances yesterday. And I think that's why... It was two points dropped yesterday, Tom, wasn't it? It's it's down to Watford's finishing or not creating enough opportunities for the strikers. Yeah, it, it, it was, you know, you kind of expect and, and hope in this, this league to to win your home games. Um, Blackburn not being in a particularly good run of form. I think you said in, your, in the previous pod that, that they were they hadn't drawn or something throughout the season and then they, their last two they they drawn so maybe it was inevitable you know from the start yeah. really but we we we've, we've not got really particularly good home form recently i think that was um was it we've won once in our last four home games um three wins in 11 now overall um and we haven't scored in six of of of, of our last 12 goals uh, of of our last 12 games so these are the the games we need to be sort of pushing on a bit. But I think in the context of the season and where we're at now, I think we can both probably agree that the top two slots are gone. I'm not too concerned with with a draw yesterday because I think we, we need to, as I said to a few people yesterday, um, we need to we need to stay, try and keep up with the playoffs and make sure that we're in there because I don't think that's a guarantee at all at this stage. Yeah. And then it, as we've seen so many times in the past, it's all about momentum coming into the last in, into the running. And if you've if you've reached the the playoffs with a you know a, a bit of a, a bit of a, a run of games and a run of form, then that's that's the thing that's going to get you up. It's not going to be your the performances in in February and January, um, you know, against anyone really. It's going to be the games in sort of March April time that uh, that that's going to push you over. So. I think there's there's a few positives there, particularly with the, the players that, that are coming back. There's definitely a lot of rustiness there and a lot of a lot of players, key players that need minutes in their legs. Um yeah. and it's it's probably better that that we have games like this to give them the opportunity to to get minutes in and um so they're fitter for for that that vital run in. Um I think none more so than than Jao Pedro really yesterday. I think he his inclusion was great to see. He got the captain's armband, as we said earlier, and he just had a couple of moments in front of goal where you thought, 
a fully fit Gio Pedro would have put that in the back of the net or, or mm. done better with that. But I think, yeah, the, the context of this game was a, a little frustrating. But overall, I'm not too upset with it. Yeah, I, I, I kind of came to a realisation after the Swansea game that we weren't going to catch up with um, Burnley and Sheffield United at that point. And I've kind of written off that top two now and kind of have to settle for playoffs after that. So I'm, I'm not massively worried with the result yesterday. Look, championships are a long old season. There's lots of points up to for grabs now. You've just got to try and stay in amongst that mix, isn't it? And you, you've now we've got returning players back. It, it, it's all down to getting them fit, getting them back up to form. And and like Joe Pedro yesterday, like you say, with that chance that he had, maybe if he had three more, three four games under his belt, he would have stuck that in the back of the net. But we're not going to see that until a couple more games more time. So it's all about getting those players back. And um, John Parso pops up here with a good comment saying, "I'm really confident with the players." We have returning and the new centre-backs that um, will make the playoffs. But do you trust Bilic, um to get it to gel? I'm still not seeing any cohesion. Um, and I think this is what we've mentioned before, Tom, um, before we came on. It's all about him trying to get it to gel. And he's had such a mix of pl- different players to work with since his time at the club. He's not fully had that best eleven um, out on the field because of all the injuries. And he's done okay with what he's had to um, to his disposal. But do you think he can get this all to gel, Tom? Do you think he, there's signs of it working under Billich? I know lots of people question his um, in-game management at times, but surely the returning players is going to work in Billich's favour. I think the more options we have and the variety of, of things we can do, the better. The the problem is we haven't really had a settled squad, as you said, a settled first eleven. We haven't got mm-hmm. that core, I don't think. And now we're starting to see players come in, such as the centre-back partnership, Chowdhury, Cleverly, you know, hopefully Loser to come back, um, Pedro and, and and Davis. And that's that's a bit of a spine, really, with along alongside Backman as well, of course. My, my cons- I'm a little bit concerned that, we haven't really got an identity. I couldn't really tell you our style of play apart from to get it, to get it out wide to Martin, Saar, or even into Pedro. Um, that, that's a bit concerning come, considering that the fact that we're, we're in mid, mid-February now. Um, I mean, I, mean the, the, I, I thought at the time when Bilic came in, again, I was upset with the Rob Edwards departure. I thought when Bilic came in, he was a very good, very good head coach, probably as good as we could have hoped with our recent history of, of um, not giving head coaches time. Um, but I, I think uh, I, I've, I've got faith in Bilic. I, I think that he could he could do something with this squad. I think we've got a, an extremely talented squad on paper. It's certainly one of the best in the division. It's just whether whether he can get the best out of the creative players and keep keep relatively solid defensively as I'm a a bit concerned that we've not got a fixed fixed formation fixed shape Um, and we've got a lot we've had a lot of injuries but I guess we'll we'll just have to see Uh, the the, the real um, the real test will be that the the upcoming games we've got as as I've said um, the real tough ones against the teams that are absolutely flying we had we had the game with with Norwich a few weeks ago that I think we most of us thought we, we were we weren't going to get anything yeah. from, and we played brilliantly. So, on an individual basis, I've got I've got faith that Billich can um, can put out a good a good top, a good side and get them 
get them going. But I, I really don't know. I, I'm just I think that the, the problems, as we've seen, are, are a lot deeper rooted than the head coach. I'm not sure it's something that he can get get done, get sorted in, you know, half a season. And with the with Manga and Costa, the new recruitment team coming in, they're going to take two to three windows to to get um, to get certain yeah. players out and to get their op- optimal players in and, and players that fit the system. The problem is if we have if we now skip to another manager, then we're going to have someone else with with completely new ideas about how to play, um, and we've just we've just got a bit of a a horrible mix of, of players that you know square pegs in in round holes effectively i think we've got to give him the season my, my cons- one of my concerns is what happens if we don't go up financially i, I don't think there's been a, a lot of noise about that but there's, there's a i think there's a lot going on behind the scenes that we don't necessarily know about and i just hope that perhaps we can maybe do a bournemouth if we don't manage to go up this season and strengthen and, and change a squad and um uh, and evolve and, and perhaps have a yeah. better ch- chance next season. Yeah, and no, I, I agree with you, mate. I, I, it is a worry about the finances behind the football club and how much reliant we are to bounce back at the first attempt. But I don't know I don't know if I'm being a bit naive or a bit gullible, but I, I believe that we'll be in an okay position. I, obviously, we would have to maybe sell the likes of Ismail Asaj or Pedro, but they'll move on. And I think what for recruit, um, we'll recruit a decent amount of money to invest back into the playing squad and we've seen with uh, with Ben Manga and Helen Acosta at the club that they can find these decent players at a low cost and that's what they've been all about at Frankfurt they were buying players for very minimal money and then they're selling them on for a high profit so that kind of gives me a bit of hope for a fluke future if we don't make uh, that jump straight back up into the Premier League but if I'm looking at this team I'm looking at them and going you're not ready for Premier League football. And it would be a massive ask if we do get promoted. How many players... We, we, we both went to the, the game Monday night, the FA Youth Cup game, and we were talking about it and we were saying, who is ready-made for the Premier League? Who 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 would be in that starting eleven? And we were looking at it and both of us didn't really mention many players that would be Premier League quality to stay in there. So I think it would be a massive overhaul of players just to try and compete in the Premier League. So it might be a case where we need another season in this division. But I just hope that Slavin Bilic has been is given the time to see out the rest of this season as well. I've seen lots of people on social media questioning Bilic and saying, is it time for him to go? Is Gino thinking it's time for him to go? I don't think that's helpful for the fan base when I'm seeing people putting tweets up like that because especially people who have got lots of followers and that, they see someone like that tweeting about, oh, is, is Gina going to pull the the, the, um, the trigger and get rid of Billich? I don't think the fan base needs that. I think the fan base needs to get behind Billich, not question whether he's going to get sacked or not. So I think we all need to kind of come together and back Billich. Um and um, Pidge from TaylorMade Army comes up as well saying that it's the best that we can get at the moment and he just needs at least another season of building. And I, I wouldn't be massively behind him staying next season as well. We need to stop being so reactionary with the fans. Like whenever there's a, a slump in form or a bad run of form, we, we can't just keep jumping going, manager needs to go. It's not sustainable long term, and we've seen that, and we've seen what the struggle off all the seconds that we make into a season. So it, it needs to change, and I think what we just need to just slow down. And I think things are going in the right direction with the appointment of um, Manga and Helen Acosta. Um, I think the fan base just needs to 
get behind the boys and support them and not be so reactionary at times with performances and um, results. Um, but Tom, yesterday we, we did get ourselves back into the game and it was a well-taken goal from Wesley Hoot. Um, what I love so much about it was it was, he was kind of set up by Ryan Porteous by that, um, the drive and run forward to the edge of the box, wasn't it? Um, he, there was no options for him, really. He just kept from running towards the box, brought down one of three kicks. And then it was Ken Semmer, the returning Ken Semmer, crossed the ball into the box uh, towards Porteous, and it was cleared straight to Hoot. And Hoot didn't even think about it, just waved his left foot at it and rifled it under a few players, and it found its way in the back of the net. But that that was the finish of the striker, wasn't it, Tom? <laughs> Yeah, it's very surprising. I, you just don't expect to see that. Maybe, you know, my my footballing heart stuck in the, you know, the late 90s, early noughties. But you just don't expect <laughs> centre-backs to, to to display that that level of technique and calmness in the box. He, uh, he, the way he watched the ball down, it's, it's a difficult thing to do technically. I think he got, you know, obviously a, 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 a slice of luck with it going under a couple of bodies, but... Yeah, brilliant goal to hit it on the volley. Very surprising, and uh, he was he was very 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 pleased with that, as you can see when when he wheeled away to the uh, the Elton John stand. Yeah, and it was another debut goal for Watford centre back Ryan Porteous got a debut goal away at Reading, and now Wesley Hoot um, got it. And I, I loved the reaction when he scored, as everyone um, when he scored, and everyone was trying to Hoot. I, I just loved that, um, and and that would have given him a good lift as well. Obviously, he's came over from Andalette where he wasn't playing football. Uh, there was a piece in Andrew French's article in the Watford Observer. Um, given a bit more insight on why he wasn't playing at Anderlecht, I think before we had that interview, I think we was led to believe that he had a falling out at Anderlecht and he was a bit of a bad egg. But Andrew French's interview kind of um, alluded to that they couldn't afford to play him anymore. Don't know whether that's because of finances behind the scenes or if they, if he played more games, he'd get, trigger like a new contract and a higher wage. Um, but for, for one reason or not, he, he couldn't carry on playing for Anderlecht. And that's why they looked to move him on. And that's when Watford stepped in and brought him in. But yeah, refreshing um, to read that. So he, he's potentially wasn't thrown out of hand of it because of his attitude. It was due to finances, um, which is better because we've had plenty of um, people with attitude problems come to Watford before. Um, but yeah, Wesley Hoop becomes the 21st player to make his debut for Watford in all competitions this year, um, which is ridiculous. 21 debuts. But you know what? The record is actually 22 in the Pozzo's era. And that was in the 2013 and 14 season. Um, so unless there's going to be a few more injuries for youngsters come through and make their debut, I don't think we're going to hit that um, 22 mark now. Um, but another boy or man is turned into a man now, returning to Vicar Drogas, British Sombolonga, um, Tom. What did you make of his appearance yesterday? Obviously, he came on to try and get that goal, didn't he, and chase the game a little bit. He didn't have much of an impact, but it, even though it, it was still decent to see him return and put on that yellow shirt again. It's always nice to see familiar faces, and I think this is something that the recruitment team is trying to do to, I don't know, bring, bring certain players back with uh, maybe an understanding of the of, of the club, really, from, you know, from old, old years gone by. Um, I, I'll be honest. I didn't think he was, he had a very good cameo yesterday. Um, I don't know how long. I don't know much about his career. I don't know how long uh, he hadn't been playing first team football for. But he, he looked well off the pace yesterday in the, the ten minutes that he got. But 
hopefully he can get a few more minutes. I know he played, uh, I think it was an under um, under 21 game or something. It was obviously the, the overaged uh, player in that team. But um, yeah, I, I think he just, another one, it just needs minutes and you know, spend spend some time in the gym running, <laughs> etc. And uh, hopefully he can he can contribute towards the end of the season. Um, but yeah, on that on that show, and I don't think he'll be pushing for a start anytime soon. No, I was I was a little bit surprised seeing him when he came on and seeing how he he looked a bit too bulky for me. He's looked like a um, similar. Um, figure to what Troy Deeney would have done a couple of times when he's came back maybe a little bit overweight from pre-season or when he's came back from injury a little bit overweight he, he just looked like he didn't really have the physique for, uh, um, for it yesterday and yeah he didn't impact the game at all um, but two returning players that did make an impact in the game and I it will be a big boost for the rest of the season. And it's in that midfield area where we have been lighter numbers lately is Tom Cleverley and Imran Loser. Fantastic to get both of them back on the pitch, wasn't it, Tom? I was very surprised to see Loser being thrown in straight away because I, I thought they would have given him another week. I thought they would just include him onto the bench. But obviously, the result at the, the, the scoreline at the time was 1-1 and Bilic wanted to throw the dice. He wanted to try and get those three points and Loser entered the pitch as well. But Great to see Rose both um, back out on the field. Yeah, it's quite key players for us, I think, particularly, well, yeah, but both of them in equal measure, really, obviously offering mm-hmm. something different to each other. Um, I, I guess Billich was kind of hoping something would, uh, one of them would have a little spark yesterday, but I, th- I thought most of the players that were returning were a little bit rusty, um, apart from perhaps Ken Semmer. Um, he looked a bit more match-ready. Obviously, we don't know what's going on behind the scenes with their uh, their recovery programs. Um, obviously, keen to keen to keen to get them involved as soon as possible for the for the running and, and get minutes in their legs. Uh, in terms of the loser one, uh, the loser um, substitute for for Kona, I think it was uh, with it, with about ten or eleven minutes left. I really wanted to see. I know he wasn't in. He wasn't even named in the squad, but I thought that was a perfect opportunity for Brespria yesterday to come on and. Make try and force something in the in the final third because there was a lot of, I think as, as Billich said in his post game comments, um, we just had problems of decision making and poor touches in the final third, and that really was the difference between one and three points yesterday. I thought Aspria is a player that I really like, and perhaps he could have had a, a, a better impact, but that's that's being particularly harsh. And you know, looking at it with hindsight, I think any time you've got Imran loser in this side, you've, you've got a chance. So I, I, I'm not particularly surprised or, or upset with that. But again, you know, just minutes, 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 minutes. There's nothing quite like match match fitness. You can be in the gym and you can be out on the training pitch all you want. But until you know, you know, you felt a, a tackle from the opposition, the, the unexpected nature of, you know, a particular run of play to, to get your kind of your head as much fit as, you know, as much as your body. I think that that's uh, that's going to be going to be vital. Uh, I just hope that there's an, they've all the players that that came back yesterday will, that will hopefully be featuring in the, in the upcoming games. I just hope they've got um, you know it hasn't come too soon for them effectively, and we're not in a position where re-injury is a big problem. 
Yeah, well, you're not the only one who would have thought that Espria would have been on a bench. I saw a tweet yesterday from Luke Horn, uh, Luke from uh, Lou Orns. Um, he he said that I think we're underutilizing Espria from a bench now. He came on against Norwich. He, he played that ball down to Sire and we scored off the back of it. And um, he came on against Blackpool. We scored. He almost scored as well. Um, he's fit and match ready. He's just um, he's not getting into that squad now, um, which is. Do you reckon Bilic maybe doesn't fancy him as much? Do you think that he's looking at Esprit and thinking he's not ready for first-team football right now? And the only reason why he was playing before was because we had all those injuries and now these returning players are back. It's just pushed him down the pecking order. Perhaps. I mean, I think you've got, you've got to trust your experienced key players. What, while I he offers say... something a little bit different, doesn't he, Roy Espria, to, to the likes yeah. of Luther and Cleverly. He offers that little bit different. I think if if he bulked up and got a little bit stronger on the ball, I think it would be amazing. Um, it, it's just it, he can create something out of nothing with his balls, which we've seen. Um, he, he's a little bit of a magician in that midfield, isn't it? He's just got very, very good control, very good agility, and and a change of change of pace. And he, as you said, he he can open things up in the final third. And we haven't got too many players that are, that are in that vein of form. But as you said, he's he's eighteen. This is his first season in English football, and he's playing in a championship. And he's he's done amazingly. I I, I think I probably have him for my young player of the year if you were to pick it at the moment. At, you know, right now. Yeah, but he, he, I think there's, there's players, you know, Adeyemo, Morris, those sort of players that have done well in recent games. Unfortunately, well, I don't know whether unfortunately is the word, but I think they're just uh, victims of circumstance, really, with, with all these players coming back and us needing to, to get a run of form. In an ideal world, I think perhaps, you know, if Cleverly would have been able to, to start a full game or, or loser, for instance, in the middle, then perhaps one of them... You know they might have might have created a bit more space on the bench for for someone like Aspria, but yeah, hopefully he can impress in training and um, be involved in future squads. I, I feel as the best way to describe him, I think, is a, a wild card. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't think opponents can really prepare too much for him, and if he's on his day, he's a he's a brilliant player to have in the team. Yeah, no, I agree, mate. Um, so yeah. Finished yesterday, Watford won, Blackburn Rovers won. Um, two points dropped for Watford. We, we're hanging on to that playoff position, um, play so. Um, and it, it's, it doesn't get any easier for Watford, does it, Tom? Um, we're, we're taking a romantic trip up to Turf Moor uh, Tuesday night for Valentine's uh, Day. I don't think it's going to be very pretty to watch, is it, Tom? Um, looking forward to this one. Yeah, well, I'm I'm not gonna be uh, not gonna be making that trip. I've I've been burnt with that one before. I think I made a, a trip to Bolton, I think, um, a few years ago, which was actually one of the best away games I've been to in recent years, where we won four three. Oh, but um, but my other half wasn't particularly impressed at uh, me spending time in in um, you know deepest darkest Lancashire on uh, on Valentine's Day. But I, th- I think is, is is this one on TV? I think it has been selected for TV. Um... Yeah, yeah. I, I think it is. So I mean, that's that's going to be tricky enough to <laughs> to to what to get sight of anyway. But yeah, I think yeah, but mm. the, the Burnley game that they're, they're absolutely on fire. You can't help but feel a, a sense of what could have been because they they've they essentially did a very similar thing to what we did in in the summer. Mm. Um, but but they've 
done a better job of it or or stuck with it, perhaps, shall we say. And yeah, they're playing a, a real good mix of football and they yeah, they look unstoppable. So it'll be it'll be a, a massive challenge for our, our squad. And if, if we can get anything out of that, that'll be that'll be fantastic. And then we've got a trip to Sheffield United, a game which I am travelling up for um, in a couple of weeks' time. And again, I mean, that's Bramall Lane's a, a very tough place to go. Great atmosphere there. Um, but we have got results there in the past. So, you know, we, we've had the, as I said, com- coming back to the Norwich game as well, we've been able to put in perform individual performances where we're not fancied so much. So there's hope there. There's definite hope. And we, we've just got, I think, try and cling on um, to the playoffs in this within this particular run of form. And then, as I said, a few minutes ago, try and try and get on a bit of a run at that stage. Time is, time is getting on to, to fight, to try and establish our best team and to, to look, to start looking good. Cause I don't think we've really looked good for, for quite a long time, really, which isn't what you expect to hear or see from a, a promoted team, you know, whether that's the playoffs or otherwise. Yeah, it's going to be so tough going to Turf Moor Tuesday night. I think Burnley won a 10th straight win um, against Preston on Saturday. Um, Taylor got a hat-trick as well, so he's on fire. They're just doing really well under Vincent Company. He's getting a great tune out of them. I think they've got the balance right this year, haven't they? I think they've recruited so well, but they've kept those experienced heads in and around the squad as well. Um, like your Jack Corks, you you your Barnes, Rodriguez as well. Um, so it, they've got that good mix. And Vincent Company is it, down for manager of the season for his first full season in English football managing. It's, it's just doing a phenomenal job. And I think if we get a point, I will celebrate that like a victory because it's such a hard place to go to. Um, but we'll see. Um, do you reckon there's going to be any changes to maybe the starting lineup against um, Burnley, Tom? Um Obviously, we've had the inclusions of maybe Kelly coming back off the bench, loser coming off the bench, Semmer coming off the bench. I'm looking at that. I might see just Semmer maybe starting. I think it might be too early for Clevs and loser still, but I, I might maybe bring in Ken Semmer um, and I'd probably swap him for Kamara because I think he's, he's been poor. <laughs> I don't know how he wants an automatic start every week. Um, any changes you'd maybe make to that starting lineup? Yeah, I, again, I think it's entirely dependent on fitness. So, you know, ideally, I'd have I'd I'd, I'd stick cleverly straight back in there, and I, I'd perhaps consider playing him alongside Chowdhury really in the middle. I know that's not very creative, but we, it's going to be a different proposition, Burnley, to the recent games we've had where we can attack attack teams. I think the, the secret, well, the secret is is probably not well known, but. You know, we'll be looking to utilise our pace on the break. So we'll need to be solid at the back and then spring forward. So I think any kind of help in the middle that, that Chowdhury can get would be would be appreciated. Or equally, you know, see see what else can go, you know, with, with Semo. I think he's a perfect championship player for us, as you said. And I would have him in, in the in the team um in a heartbeat. Whether that I'm not sure whether that's at left back or if you play him on the wing, then you, you've got to take out Martins or Saar. So I, I I don't know. I'm sure there'll be a few surprises, and hopefully there's there's players that that, will, that are dying and trying their hardest to to get back into this into this side rather than 
just being played because they're they're the only option. They're the you know the best option, the fittest option in that in that position. I want I want competition, and I want players to be upset when they're not picked because they feel as though they deserve it and to work harder to try and get back into the team. And if we do that, then we've got a chance. Perhaps not you know in the, the next couple of games, but in the running, we're going to have a hungrier team and, and one that I want. I want people with you know playing for Watford with a bit between their teeth with a you know, something to prove because they're all good players, very good players for this level. Um, but yeah, it's, it, again, it's, it's I don't, we, none, none of us know what's going on in the medical room. Um, <laughs> so we'll, we'll just see, I guess. Yeah, well, we will see. We won't have to wait for too long. It's Tuesday night, eight o'clock kick off at Turf Moor. Um, I just hope it doesn't get postponed with a couple of hours due to kick off, um, like it did a couple of years ago during that uh, COVID season, wasn't it? Um, no, it wasn't COVID season. It got there was no. fans going up. It wasn't it. Was it due to the weather? It, I, I think it was. Yeah, because I, I think I was. I benefited from that in that oh, I went up there. I think on the COVID, third time of asking. It, yeah, it was due to COVID. I think there was an outbreak in the Watford team, yeah, and then it, they yeah. couldn't they, they couldn't get enough players fit enough. But I think Watford requested the, the, the night before for it to be postponed, but then didn't hear back officially from the, the Premier League until three o'clock in the afternoon. Um, so obviously everyone travelled up I think Watford players were staying in a hotel up in Lancashire as well um, so that's how poor the league was around this situation um, so yeah hopefully we don't have anything like that and the fans can get up there in one piece and not turn back round before um, seeing the ball being kicked but maybe that might be a good thing if we're playing Burnley <laughs> um, but yeah everyone thank you for watching tonight Um Thank you, Tom, for joining me tonight as well. Uh, I know Mike's uh, unavailable today, so I thought, oh, am I going to get on? I'm going to get Tom Wicks on now. I think it's your fifth or sixth appearance now, Tom, so I really do appreciate it. Um, you got, you're working on your new edition for the Watford fanzine at the moment, aren't you? Yes, yeah. Um, yeah. Th- thanks for having me on. I, yeah, love love coming on as always. And if, if ever there's the opportunity to come on, I will do. So, uh, yeah, grateful for that. In terms of the next next edition i've got um i'm hoping for an early march release this one will be donating all, all the match all the individual purchases to to charity so anyone buying on the day or online on an individual basis will send every penny to uh, a really good charity which we've chosen um more of which is available um to to, to find out about um on on the socials uh so yeah it's 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 great i'm really pleased to be in a position to do that again this year but yeah i I really need people's contributions so if they've got any sort of opinion or a story we've had some excellent stuff in the last few issues then please do get in touch and and we'll i'll do my best to 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 fit you all in i've already got some good good plans for this one which i'll I'll keep a bit tight to my chest for now (laughs) um but yes, hopefully uh, we'll see beginning of March the next the next one come out. So um, yeah, please please do get in touch if if there's anyone that wants has anything to say or just wants to feature a few photos, whatever it is, um, it'd be gratefully received. And in the meantime, we've got the got a copy of the, the current copy, which um, which is available for the up up until the next um, the next copy is on sale, and it's also on the website. And I actually. I don't know if you can see that. I actually managed to get the, the man himself to sign that yesterday, oh, which I'm quite quite pleased with. So, yeah, that'll be on for the personal collection, I think. 
Oh, that's amazing. Uh, top stuff with the fans, even, mate. What the fans do really appreciate all your hard work you put into it. So keep it up. And yeah, make sure you'll go see Tom for every home game. And he's selling the latest editions of the fanzine. And if you're interested in wanting to contribute um, to such a fantastic um, fanzine, just get in touch with Tom. Um, little spoiler here. I might be doing something to go in there. Um, so yeah, Tom's going to help me out with that. Um, but yeah, everyone, thank you for watching today. If you liked the video, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. And I'll be back probably midweek with Mike to do a review of the Burnley game. Uh, stay safe, everyone, and come on you, Orns. Sports Social Podcast Network.